Last Jedi is kind of like I've got a whole mess that I've got to fix and then it's like I fixed it and now I have to hopefully make you want to see the one coming afterwards yeah and I was saying um, before I saw the film and now watching the film and I did this during the cinema remember when I turned to you and I went that's the end of The Force Awakens yes right if you watch Force Awakens and Last Jedi and in your head you cut out all the Starkiller stuff like literally just snip it out of the film right so the film opens on Jakku they come off Jakku Rey immediately finds Luke and that's when the First Order strikes and then the film is them running away from the First Order that should have been The Force Awakens yeah that would have worked Hello and welcome to the Story Toolkit I'm Basim El-Wakil, co-author of Action, The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee, and joining me is Luke Lionwall, writer and part of the McKee Storylogue team. So today we're going to talk about Porgs. the last <laughs> We're going to talk about the last Jedi and Porgs. Uh, Mainly Porgs. Luke loved the Porgs. I love the Porgs. Who doesn't love Porgs? May the Porgs be with you. Always. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we saw the last Jedi. Um, the Porg thing was ridiculous. Yeah, it was it was aggressive. Uh, there was an aggressive amount of porn in the film, <laughs> right? Like it was it was surprising. Like they're having these incredibly tough b- battle scenes, and then the porg will just jump on the dash of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> that and Chewie's like, I've had enough. You've, that was the that was the big climax, right? <laughs> the big climax of the movie. Yeah, it was essentially right, a porg in a before... Before we get into it mm. uh, properly, as always, if you have any thoughts or opinions, get in touch. We're on Twitter at the Story Toolkit, uh, and you can email us and find all our episodes on uh, thestorytoolkit.wordpress.com. Let's get into it because I'm excited. Yeah, we saw Last oh, Jedi. Geez, um, I was very much against watching it until <laughs> I, I had I had to pay for his ticket. He did. Um, I I didn't want to see it because um, I had no desire to watch The Empire Strikes Back for a second time. And I said, it was funny because literally before, because um, uh, what happened was a guy uh, on Twitter that we know, Mike uh, Red Fox Wright, uh, Mike tweeted uh, to me about The Force Awakens and the way he talked about it really intrigued me because yeah. he said it wasn't an Empire clone. Um, it has, it, there were lots of things where you keep expecting something to happen and it doesn't happen that way and it goes a different way. And he made it sound really intriguing. There was a jaw-dropping revelation, etc. And I was like, that does sound interesting. And I showed that to Luke. I showed that to Jason as well. Mm. And it was like, oh, that is intriguing. So I literally, I was in the uh, cafe going, I don't want to see The Last Jedi. I have no interest unless someone sells me on it. And then two hours later, Mike sold me on Last <laughs> Jedi. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll give this a go. Um, because also people are really avoiding spoilers. So I have, this is worth going into. Neither of us know any of the discussion around Last Jedi as we record this. Yes. So... I have so it's going to be interesting because what we're going to talk about uh, might name and sort of codify problems and successes with the film that people have been trying to talk about but haven't got say the vernacular to articulate it. Yeah. So maybe that'll make some sense of things for those of you who are more plugged into what's going on. Yeah. First thing I will do when because we we have we've literally just got back from yeah. the cinema. This is very yeah. very fresh. Um, but. First thing I'm going to do is dive into all the reviews I'm, because I this has been. Going to. 
I'm going to because I want to know why people are hating on this because this has so, been slammed by yeah, half the community, right? It's it's got like a very low score for the audience on Rotten Tomatoes, but the critics have given it a very high score. And um, I don't think I don't know if it's done very well. I don't think it's done as well as Force Awakens. I'm not sure. Oh, you mean uh, money box office? Yeah, I'm right. not sure. But uh, I, I we like you really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it, but for me... And you know how often Bass is positive well, about me. Well, hold on, hold on. Hold on. That's not fair, right? <laughs> and, and to the thing is, for me, like um, I went in expecting it to be really bad. I went into The Force Awakens expecting it to be really bad, and I remembered very early on in The Force Awakens, I sat there and went, this is great. Like when Kylo freezes the blaster yeah, yeah, yeah. and Poe Dameron is just like, do I talk? Do you talk? Who talks first? Like that. I'm like, this is this is really great. And then Finn, you meet Finn for the first time and he yeah. takes his helmet off. And I'm like, we've never seen that before. And I got really into the film. And then you see um, Rey on Jakku looking up at the stars, wanting to leave, but she doesn't have an aunt and uncle. And I'm like, this is better than Star Wars. I'm loving this. And then whoop, in comes the Star Killer and just destroyed the plot and began the Clone Wars. And so I and I was like, okay, I've been burned once. So I'm watching so I'm going into this expecting that at some point they're just going to mess it up. Okay. At what point did you I know when my tipping point was at what It was point, early on for you, right? It was really early for me. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I had a very... We're going to go spoiler, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, big time spoiler. Because yeah. in case it isn't clear, we're not going to pretend you've seen the film. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I had such low expectations after Force Awakens. So low. Yeah. I was always going to see it, though, because... Yeah, I, I really wasn't. I really wasn't. Um, I had to be up to date on, on, on the clones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what point did you tip into, okay, no, I trust what's going on here? Well, why don't you tell them when you did? Uh, end of the first sequence. Really? Yeah, the end of the first sequence. Oh yeah, that's the, right, yeah, the first sequence, yeah. I know at the end of the yeah. first sequence, the, it's, it's the this very, very quick escape um, from their base, and so it's basically a lot of cool space battles. Oh, wow. <laughs> really, really cool. And I, I, I was the excited. The bombing, yeah. And there's the bit in the bombing run where... Uh, Poe oh, po is like, I'd like to talk to General Hux, please. I've got an <laughs> urgent communique. This is Hux, and I will destroy you and your entire fleet. Uh, I'm willing to wait on hold. Yep, sure. <laughs> just, patch me, just patch me through and you're ready. Can you not hear me? We will destroy you. Yeah, I can stay on hold for a little while longer. Can he is, Can he hear me? Can, is that... Can he hear me? It's like, he can hear you. I think he's tooling with you. So. <laughs> I've got a message about your mom. <laughs> That's <laughs> the end of that sequence where Rose's sister. Uh, I think her name was Towley. <laughs> but I, I, I don't think it is. No, I didn't catch her name. But you, you, her sister is a main character. Um, yes. Later on in the movie, Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where she, what she has to go through to open the bomb doors. It's amazing. It's fantastic. It's so I, good. You, it's this. It's this character that's in the movie for one scene, and you, you mm. fall in love, and then a heartbroken when. Yeah. Uh, that she, that actress and that sequence kind of sells the film from then on because the whole point of that sequence is Poe has to learn that you can't just you know go in you know trigger happy blowing places up and think well so long as you blow up the enemy it doesn't matter how many people you lose mm. um, you, you know your big damn hero moments yeah. um, and 
that and it also has to set up the idea that Leia really doesn't want to lose anyone else. Mm. So you've got this idea that whole storyline is built on you don't want anyone else to die anymore. Yeah. And that has to be sold somehow. And I remember the bit where where they blow up a TIE fight. They're about to do their bombing run. They blow up the TIE fighter and the TIE fighter's wing spirals off and hits mm. one, blowing that up, which causes two more to blow up. Mm. And so there's one left. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what's going to happen, right? And then, as you say, that moment, and it was great. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a- that that's when I thought, okay, um, we we are in the hands of somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, um, yeah, I I okay. was not one over at that moment. No. So, what was your moment? I haven't been. Okay. I still haven't been. As much as I enjoyed the Last Jedi, and I did, I don't trust. I I can't trust the franchise just yet. Oh, we're not talking about the franchise. No, but that's just what I mean. About the movie. I can't I can't give myself over to it like the way you have because I'm just like, oh, oh no, don't get me wrong, I. I, I think whoever's the, oh, it's JJ. You're Abrams, saying like, at what nine, point did you relax and go? Okay, this film's going to this, be okay. this is going to be okay. Yeah. I didn't. You, you were on edge the whole way. The whole way through the Brilliant. film, I kept expecting them at some point <laughs> to just do something that would make me go, "I'm done." <laughs> I seriously, I was just waiting. It never happened. It never ever happened. I'm quite glad it never happened. But I genuinely was like, "They're going to mess this up somehow. They're going to infuriate me, and I don't even know how." And there were moments where I loved, I loved some of these moments. Maybe I'll enjoy it more if I watch it a second time without worrying, right? But there are certain things like reach out and Ray puts out a hand and he just gets that bit of grass, Luke, and he starts oh, yeah. touching hands. Like, can you feel it? Can you feel it? So, yeah, yeah, I can feel it. That's the force. You're really strong in the force. Oh, that was smack. <laughs> oh, you meant reach out with my, with my feelings. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Luke, that's it. That's all we want. Um, there's so many great things and of course like oh, there were certain bits by the way it was fun watching this with Luke uh, my favourite reaction Luke had by the way to this film was when Chewie won't eat the pork <laughs> <laughs> and the pork's looking at him and he says he can't eat the pork and the gut too the Millennium Falcon is infested with porks <laughs> okay <laughs> Clearly, this clearly the screenshot we're going to use as the thumbnail on this episode is going to be yeah, the, pork. the porgs by the fireside watching Chewie eat the roasted pork. Oh man, it was so funny! Like your reaction was just priceless at that moment. You just started giggling and laughing. You just couldn't stop. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was I think a lot. Of okay, fun. it was so fun. preamble out the way. What I need you to do. Try and keep the synopsis short. Here. Okay. Let's just do blow by blow. Okay. Um, um, sorry, the big blow. So, okay. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Skip to the end. Star Wars. <laughs> That's the end, right? Okay. Great. It literally starts with, ends with them going to Star Wars. <laughs> You're going to have a Star Wars. Um, basically, what happens is that uh, Ray is on an, the island planet with Luke. And um, she hands him the lightsaber and he tosses it over his back, which is hilarious. By the way, before this, Matt Anglis said to me, oh, Luke is very bass-like in this film. And I went, in what way? Well, he dies alone? Well, how is it? Like, he yells about Star Trek? How? And like, actually, yeah, he does yell a lot about the Jedi. (laughs) So he kind of, yeah. But uh, he goes, no, no, no. It's when she gives him the lightsaber and he just tosses it away. Pure bass moment. I'm like, yeah, that's that's fair. That is what I would do. (laughs) If I was Luke, whatever. Um, So anyway. I was thinking bigger blows than that, by the way. 
What do you mean? We don't want to no, leave no, these. No, we no, haven't no, got time. No, no. So, he, anyway, uh, Luke is with Ray on the island, and Ray wants her to be trained by Luke and to, for Luke to come back and fight the the good fight. And Luke's like, are you crazy? What do you think is going to happen? I'm going to walk in and beat everyone up with a laser sword? It's just not going to work. And he refuses, and they argue a lot. And then eventually... Uh, Ray decides that he's not that great a teacher, that he failed Ben or whatever. I can't remember. She just decides eventually that she's had enough of the island and she goes back. Oh, that's right. She decides, she realizes that she reckons she can turn Ray, uh, not Ray, Kylo Ren good, mm. right? She's, that's what she's convinced about. And Luke, and Luke's like, no, you're wrong. It won't work. She's like, whatever, dude, I'm going to go do that. And Luke's like, oh man, I messed up. Um, the bad teacher again, and then, and Yoda, Ghost Yoda shows up, and we're going to talk about this a bit later. But yeah, Ghost Yoda shows up and then summons a bolt of lightning so that Luke gets his ass in gear, and that that's the island stuff. Okay, okay? <clears throat> the rest of the film, and I, by the way, I loved Mark Hamill; he was actually really good. Yeah, I um, thought it was brilliant. Uh, but it was, it, I, the, the island stuff is just boring. It's, it's, now that's out the way. We can get to the meat and potatoes of what made this film so cool, <laughs> which was really cool. Which was okay. So they've they've just escaped from the first order uh, in in the first film, right? They brought the Star Killer base. First order show up to the planet that they were on. They get in their ships. They fly off. Um, but somehow the first order is able to track them through hyperspace and so they're running out of fuel and they just have to keep a distance from the out of out of range of the star destroyers as long as for as long as possible and they keep doing that and they keep doing that and they keep doing that but it's not going to work they have 18 hours at best and then their fuel reserves are out they can't they can't jump to safety because they'll track them and they just try to keep out of range and one by one the ships are going and poe who has been chewed out and demoted because he led the bombing run that got most of their fleet destroyed, even though they took out Dreadnought. Um, it was such a it was a penny wise pound stupid approach, right? He sacrificed a lot of their fighters to win one battle rather than thinking about the big scheme. And so, um, as they're trying to escape the Star Destroyers, they they the Star Destroyers they close in, they fire, they blow up all the officers. Uh, Leia dies, then comes back to life. Um, but they they keep out of range and they manage to keep everyone there. So what's left is basically just a few hundred people left. That's all that's left of the resistance. And uh, Laura Dern's character, Holdo, she's now in charge. And Poe Dameron at first is like, oh, that's Holdo? I heard about her being this amazing tactician. And then very quickly he's loses uh, any sort of respect for her when she says, like, yeah, you're a cocky, trigger-happy, reckless, dangerous person. We don't need you around. Leia demoted you. That's it. You're done. So shut up and just sit down and wait for my orders. And Poe's really annoyed. He wants to be, you know, in on the thing, in on everything. So Poe works, uh, realizes that the way that they're tracking it, Poe, Finn, and Rose work out that how the, and BB-8, they work out how the Star Destroyers are tracking them, and they go, okay, well, the way we have to do this, we have to sneak onto the Star Destroyer, because the lead Star Destroyer, Snoke ship, is, is the only one that's doing the tracking. And what they need to do is they need to go on the ship, break something for just a few minutes. The sh- fleet jumps, then they turn the thing back on, basically, and no one on the Star Destroyer will know 
that they lost the tracking signal. If they just destroy the Star Destroyer, that won't help because that will make the First Order just simply use another Star Destroyer to track them. They have to not be aware that they're not tracking them when they mm. go to hyperspace. So this results in Ray, not Ray, sorry, in Rose and Finn getting, uh, they have to, and BB-8, they fly off to a planet to get a special code breaker type person. And they get the person, and there's a whole sort of thing that happens on this gambling planet. Uh, they get that person, who's played by Benicio Del Toro, they bring him back, they smuggle onto the Star Destroyer, they're about to do the thing, as they're doing this thing, Poe Dameron leads a mutiny, because he discovers that Holdo's plan is to put everyone into these little transports that they fueled up, and these transports have no shields, no weapons, they'll be sitting ducks. And her plan is basically just to put everyone in these transports. And he's like, that will get everyone killed. So he leads a mutiny. Uh, and his hope is that they will finally be allowed to jump at the last moment. They'll turn the thing off. They'll jump to safety and that's it. What actually happens, unfortunately, is Benicio Del Toro betrays them. They don't take out the Star Destroyer tracking system. And as a result, they can't jump. Holdo get, takes control back of the fleet. And then they point out, that, to part of they explain to him, that the transports aren't being monitored. It's only the big ship. The transports aren't being monitored. So if they just sneak off, no one will notice. And then they can go and land on a planet nearby, which has a old fortified rebel base on it. It's an old abandoned base, but it's fortified. They won't even know they're there. That's how they get there, right? Because if you remember, hey, this is a pretty cool thing. The rebels have hidden bases. That was the whole point, right? That's why it's like, where's the rebel base? It's on Tantooine. That's the whole fun of it, right? You don't know where they are. So they have a secret base somewhere. It's like, cool. Poe didn't know about it. it. Makes sense. So they're about to do it. But Benito del Toro doesn't just betray them. He also tells the First Order about their plan, which in turn results in um, the First Order ignoring the transport and shooting the evacuation sh- transports and blowing them up, which causes Holdo to do this amazing hyperspeed maneuver and destroys the just flies right through the ship and as this is happening ray has come back to the ship to turn kylo kylo and ray have this whole thing of like kylo's like i'm gonna turn you and ray's like i'm gonna turn you and then snoke's there going hello 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 i'm snoke and blah 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 blah. and um he's about and looks like snoke is going to manage to find out where luke is and uh, and then kylo betrays snoke kills snoke then kylo and ray fight all the uh, sort of Imperial Guard people that are around there and then Kylo's like, join me and she's like, no and he goes like, okay and they kind of have a fight no score draw Ray escapes somehow on the Millennium Falcon Kylo's like, let's get the rest of the Rebels they go to the Rebel planet they, if they've got their ATATs, they've got their big miniature Death Star cannon that they're going to use to blow up the base and everything, and everything's going wrong, and Leia puts out a signal to everyone, like, here's where we are, we need help, and no one's coming to help because hope is gone, and that's when Luke Skywalker shows up, and Luke Skywalker walks out, and Kylo's like, fire on Luke, and everyone shoots, 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 shoots and they all just shoot at Luke, and it's like, I think you got him, and then Luke just walks out of the rubble, dusting off his thing, it's like, it's like, so Kylo goes down to have a lightsaber duel with Luke. He has a lightsaber duel with him. And as this is happening, um, the rebels escape. And they're going to tell the story of how Luke fought Kylo. And the legend is, will begin again and the hope and all that stuff. Because it turns out, Luke was never on the planet. He was force projecting himself from the island planet and uh, to distract him. And that, of course, took too much of a toll. And Luke disappears like um, Obi-Wan did 
uh, you know, just and Yoda, like the right. way Jedi Masters do. They just disappear into the Force, and uh, the rebellion will begin again to fight Kylo, and that's the film. Okay, well, I, in order to talk about what the film does really, really well, we have to address yes. Force Awakens. We do. So let's... Because ultimately... Hmm. Ultimately, we feel that The Last Jedi is a fantastic movie in spite of yeah. everything. Yeah, it's built on a really bad foundation. Yeah. It does very well for what it can do, but when you when you start to realise like what how this film where this film has problems and hiccups and doesn't really work, you very quickly realise it's because of the Force Awakens. Yeah. That made these problems because you see, it sounds like, you know, I just want to rip on Force Awakens a lot and so on. But the, the the reason is is because if you if you take the pains to really understand what was going on in the Force Awakens and in this film, you start to realize certain issues. And one of the major issues, as I went through that synopsis, you could kind of tell that it's all over the place. The film, right? It's just kind of over the place. Um, it has two different endings. It has two completely separate storylines to do with Luke and Ray, and then the stuff. Remember, you know, I'm talking about all that stuff to do with um, they're trying to escape. Poe's on the ship. They're trying to escape. Yeah. Poe sends them off to this, 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 and then at some point, go, oh yeah, by the way, Ray's on there with Ren and uh, and um, Snoke's there, and they they have a fight, and it's just, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like you've got this whole like three different elements going on. You've got Luke training Ray. You've got the Ray Snoke thing, and then you've got the Poe Rebel thing. And they're all kind of twisting around and sprawling. And it's the film is trying to kind of coalesce these threads together. But the problem is, is because this idea of the mystery box nonsense, this idea that you just throw mysteries at the audience to intrigue them, but really bamboozle them, and then you'll pay off whatever ones they're interested in later, creates an environment where Ryan Johnson and whoever else was helping him write it and so on had to basically answer all these spinning plates that were left up and not all of them are answers worth solving or they're not films do you know what I mean yeah so who's, who's the character from The Force Awakens with the the, the Maz Kanata thank you right her appearance in Last Jedi for me epitomises that what you're what you're right. summing up here she's just an offhand character that means nothing she, right she, she's there for no reason other than to point them into the direction of plot, where yeah. the bit of information she gives them could have come from anyone, any one of the rebels on the ship, any any anyone, or any, any other, yeah, Poe Fit, uh, Rose has already been to the planet. Why doesn't Rose already know that? But if you don't put right, but if you don't put her into this, yes, then people will be going. Well, where's the character? Where's Maz? Well, well, yeah, where's Maz? She seemed important. Yeah, and and what was going on with it. and so there's all kinds of things. So, the the Force Awakens left open a huge number of mysteries that kind of needed solving. Should we list them? Yeah, we go through them. So we have, and this is not an exhaustive list. Of no, things. it's there's, just there's, things that things more, that but... like uh, bearing in mind, I haven't seen the Force Awakens since I saw it in the cinema. But this is what so we this, can, is what I remember this is what we came up with. Um, who are Ray's parents? Yep. Uh, who is Snoke? Yep. Um, they had to uh, fix Ren. It's a fix rather than a setup. What I mean, it, what, no. What, they, what I mean by they have to fix Ren as a setup is 
they they completely demystified the character of Kylo Ren, and then they and then they ended it with "We're going to finish your training." Ah, uh, yes. So they said we're going to turn, and there was, the whole thing was Ren. Uh, Kylo Ren wants to become Vader, so they ended it with it like Kylo Ren has to become the big bad. Yeah. Okay, he has to become the monster of the of the next of the next film. Um, we have why did C three PO have a red hand? Yep. Um, which they made a point. They make they make <laughs> literally make a point about it. He goes like, "Oh, are you wondering about my red hand?" Yeah. And um, he doesn't have a red hand in this film. Did you notice? I I, I didn't notice until you pointed out. Didn't have one. And it's like so that's how when did it get changed? The red hand. Yeah. If this is supposed to be coming straight off the other one, yeah. Like when that what do you know what I mean? It's like anyway. He should have had a line in this movie saying, oh, you're wondering why my hand is no longer red. Like, no C-3PO. Yeah. Nobody cares. No, no. Um, do you know, there was a point, there what? was a point when it cut to Snoke in the film and Snoke's going, I am Snoke. And, blah, blah, and I'm like, no. I wanted Ray to go, no one cares. <laughs> no true. one cares about you. No um, one cares. Uh, Luke. Why did Luke run away? Yep. Um, and how in the hell yep. did Maz get Luke's lightsaber? Yep. Uh, yeah, and, and by the way, there's other little sort of mini mysteries. Like, Ray's parents obviously makes the sense of, well, that's why she's so strong in the Force. Yeah. Right? So you could separate them. You say, why is Ray strong in the Force? Well, who are her parents? You presume they're the same answer. Yeah. Okay? These are the things that this film kind of had to pay off. And the payoffs they gave aren't bad ones. They're all good, I thought. Yeah. But they're not worth the setup. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so if we go through them one by one, who's Ray's parents? Ray's parents are nobodies. They're nobodies. They're just drunkards. Which is the, I, I said to you uh, yeah. uh, on the way back, for me is the only satisfying answer they could have given yeah. is nobody. In fact, I, lo- I, I loved it because when she when, when Kylo goes, you already know who your parents are. Yeah. And, she goes, and her tears are starting to go down. And I say, who were they? Say it. And she goes, they were nobody. And Ray wanted to be Harry Potter. She wanted to be Luke, yeah. right? She wanted to be a legend. That was the whole point of the character. I'm like, that's brilliant. That's such a great payoff for The Force Awakens. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a payoff for this film. No. You can't make people wait two hours for that. Oh, sorry, two years, beg your pardon, for that. And, we'll, and, and we'll come back to And, and also, it's a well. huge problem because that answer is a brilliant answer. But it doesn't explain why she's so strong in the Force. No, it doesn't. Why she's so strong in the Force? Luke goes, and this was great. Because, I do. No, no, Luke Skywalker. Skywalker Luke, Jedi Luke. He quite. There's a brilliant bit where he's teaching her, and she says, "He goes, what's the Force?" And she says, "The Force is a power some people have." And I was like, "Everything you said is wrong." Okay, oh, yeah. the Force isn't a power some people have. It's something any everyone has. And you know, some people are stronger in it or whatever, but everyone has it. And that's why anyone can have the Force. That's why Ray can have the Force, because anyone's supposed to be. It's not an elitist thing. And I'm like, that explains why she's Force-sensitive. It explains why she's Force-adept. It explains uh, everything about her character. This is brilliant, but it doesn't explain why everyone looks at her like she's someone super special. The whole point is she's not someone who's super special. Yeah. So why is she super special? It doesn't actually solve the problem because but it solves it enough for me where I'm like, that's fine as an answer because that's a great answer. Yeah. The, that is is that's a great answer to a mystery that should never have happened. Right? And that and really those that's how we that's how we yeah, feel about the, the answers in the last Jedi, right? Yeah, the problem is not the answer. The problem is that setup. Yeah. No one should be talking to Ray in the first film like she's the chosen one because she isn't. 
right? That's the whole problem. If you take out all that nonsense, this is a great payoff, right? Mm. I think so. So, so they had to do. They had to solve that. Um, Who is Snoke? That's never answered. It's never answered, and it's annoying because they go, "Well, why can't he just be a new character?" Totally can be a new character. When I, but when we ask the question, "Who is Snoke?" What we mean is, "How come Snoke is that powerful on the dark side, but isn't a Sith Lord? And where did he come from?" Yeah. Right? Because the Emperor and Vader were the last two Sith. So how did this guy come about? Yeah. Where, where is he from? We know, like, where did the Emperor, Emperor come from? Well, the Emperor was a Sith Lord. He got trained by Sith before him. We presume it was Darth Plagueis, but we're not too sure. Yeah. Right? And we presume... And th- you have a Sith Order that goes back. Their war, the Jedi-Sith Wars, go on for millennia. We know the chain. We know how... And now we also know how the Emperor took over. Yeah. The thing, but beforehand, you know, with just the Return of the Jedi and stuff, we've got the sense that, okay, no, there's a bit in the very first film where they go, the Emperor has dissolved the Senate. We go, okay, yeah, he's just built this political power over time. Mm. He's the Emperor. He's very powerful in the Force because he's Vader's teacher. That makes sense. Snoke, Snoke can't just walk in to the world mm. because when the Emperor walks into the world, he retroactively defines it because it didn't exist, right? <laughs> it didn't exist. The, before Star Wars... This world didn't exist. Yeah. So as soon as the Emperor steps in, he retroactively, retroactively redefines the world's history. So it makes sense with him in it. Yeah. But when Snoke interposes himself into the film, you sit there going, how does he fit in? And it's never explained how. And so thankfully he dies. <laughs> because he was rubbish. In a really cool way. The death was amazing. <laughs> it was a really great death. I loved I, I loved that. When they were going like, you know, he'll turn Kylo. It's like, yeah, he'll turn on he'll turn on Snoke. Yeah. I'm waiting for Kylo Ren to kill yeah. Snoke. That's the only but satisfying he way this does it. And he does it so well. But he it's such a smart And I love because Snoke is like reading his his mind, right? Yeah. And he's like, I can sense everything he's thinking. He knows who he hates, and he's turning the lightsaber on them, and he's ready to ignite it. And he's going to ignite his laser sword and strike at his true target. It's like you moron, <laughs> you're so stupid, right? Um, and then, of course, even better than Snoke were his bodyguards, who were amazing. Oh, as soon as they showed up yeah. with all their lightsabery weapons, I'm like, yeah, come on. That was an idea I had, by the way, um, back back around the time of the prequels. This was going to be a thing. Um, that I thought would have been cool, which was the idea is that the Sith are supposed to be individualistic. So all Sith should have different weapons. Oh, right. And the reason Vader has a lightsaber is because he used to be a Jedi. Uh. So all the other all the other sort of Sith Lords shouldn't have lightsabers. They should have something else. Lightning. They should have some unique power yeah. or a unique weapon. So like these guys all having like lightsaber chains and stuff. I'm like, that's, that's what I've been waiting. That's to make <laughs> sense for me. But anyway. Um, um, they had to uh, fix Ren. Oh yeah, as I said, they had to. They set they had to up make the, him into the big. Bad they had again. to make him the villain, and I thought they did that really well. Right? I thought they did that really um, well. because. And, and how did they do that? Well, that's quite interesting. They kind of, they kind of had Luke say a lot about how dangerous Kylo Ren really is. They 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 made it feel like Kylo and Rey kept talking, right? And so what happened was they took it so that Kylo Ren isn't. Snoke's apprentice. Mm. That was the big problem. He couldn't because he became by the end of the Force Awakens. He we knew he had daddy issues. He was all on his own. Uh, he was just this whiny emo kid, and he was just this. He had to learn how to train, and he couldn't even take on Ray. Right? Yeah. He was just useless. 
by the end of that film. At the beginning he wasn't, but at the end of it, he's a yeah. pointless character. And in this film, they slowly built him up by having him, first of all, everyone talking about him as this very powerful character. He never gets owned in the film, right? There's, he doesn't lose a single fight. No. In the whole film. Oh, no, he doesn't. Right? He doesn't lose a single fight. The closest he comes to losing is when he and Ray are force fighting over the lightsaber. Uh, there's the moment with the guard where Ray has to step in. She throws the lightsaber to him, doesn't They're it? working together. He's yeah. just taken on three. She took on one. <laughs> okay, fair point. There, there's, no, there's never a point yeah. where he's on the losing side of something in that sense. Sure, he's okay. always either equal, it's either a stalemate, or he's on top. Yeah. And so as a result, by doing that constantly, whereas that wasn't the case in The Force Awakens. In The Force Awakens, he was the butt of jokes and things like that. Yeah. In this, no. He's got this level of status, this sort of pedigree to him. But more importantly, is the whole thing of he he didn't kill Leia. Uh-huh. Right? And he does kill Snoke. And so that gives him an authority that he needed to become sort of... He ends up on top of the power pyramid, right? And more importantly, he starts to become a bit more mysterious because now we're not too sure what he's really capable of. Yeah. How evil really is he? How twisted is he? How good is he? Right? For example, he when he doesn't kill Leia, we go, okay, there's some good in him. But then he kills Snoke and then tells Rey, let's take over the galaxy. And then you see how he treats Luke, how much he hates Luke. Mm. You go, geez, he is really still hateful and angry. Yeah. But at the same time, he kind of misses his parents. Like, you get the sense that he feels guilty over killing Han enough that he would never kill Leia, but he wants to kill Luke. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now you're going, well, his psychology is kind of interesting, and that becomes makes him mysterious because now we don't know what he's capable of doing. And this, and Ren, sums up what Last Jedi does. If Maz is... is um, Maz yeah. kind of sums up um, uh, all, all those problems they had to fix. Like what they had, they spent two and a half hours. Yeah. Making Ren cool again. Yeah. Yeah. And they did it. Yeah, and, and one of the other ways they did it was by making Hux even more pathetic than before. Oh jeez. So that he, by do you know what I mean? Like they had yeah. to, they had to, Snoke and Hux had to lose everything so that Ren could climb his way back up yeah, a bit. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. now Ren is kind of interesting. I kind of like Adam Driver did a good job with him, and I'm kind yes. of interested. So now that Snoke's gone, I'm like, okay, there's a bit of forward momentum to this. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Okay. So they had to, yeah, as I said, they had to deal with Snoke. They had to deal with. The race parents and stuff. They had else. to deal with the red hand, and the way they did that was by ignoring it completely. It was one of those throwaway things in the fir- in the Force yeah. Awakens. They bring it up, but for no real reason. And it's like, well, why have you brought it up if it doesn't mean anything? It's just one of those things. It's not. I mean, J.J. Abrams, I think, and everyone involved was very clear that this was not a thing that was supposed to be solved in the films. That there's probably a comic somewhere that explains how it happened. Right. But I mean, geez. Rose puts his new hand on. How about that? <laughs> That's how we meet Rose. She puts his new hand on. I would mean, it have felt good having the red hand dealt with? It would have felt like... Uh, you know, in a weird way, yes. Because they brought it up. That's This is my point. If you bring... You see, look. If C-3PO walks on with a red hand, okay, and no one mentions it, we just presume his hair has changed. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. a haircut. Yeah. It's been a long while. Luke grew a beard. That doesn't need to be explained. Do you know what I mean? So we presume the characters might look a little different. Yeah. But when you go, oh, I have a red hand. 
do you want me to tell you the story? Like, okay, why did you bring this up? And that, but the thing is, like, the whole of Force Awakens was this constant bringing up of things that had no payoff in yeah. the film, and it was all left for Ryan Johnson to pay off, and he did. He paid them all off as best as he could. Far from the red hand. Uh, it's, all, it's a red herring, you could say. One star. Red herring. One star movie. No, I'm skipping past it. Okay. No, it's not Next your best one. Work. No, it's not. Red handed. No. Okay. I should have left it where it was. Yeah. Um, Luke running away. So why did Luke run away? And very quickly in The Force Awakens, this, okay, this was a, this was a problem. When Luke, when it says Luke Skywalker has vanished at the beginning of The Force Awakens, you're immediately going, well, why? Why did that happen? And very quickly you understand why. Because Ben Solo betrayed him and turned, burned down his temple, killed his order and all that stuff. And that's why he feels really bad. And he ran away because he's scared. And you go, well, that doesn't really fit Luke's character because Luke wouldn't do that, right? And so in Last Jedi, he's going like, I ran away. So like, why did you run away? And like, I think we kind of worked it out. You know, it's like, no, you don't understand why I ran away. There was a reason I came here to die. The Jedi should die with me. And I, uh, uh, okay, well, why did you run away? What was really going on? It's like, well, Ben went evil. We knew that already. What we didn't know was that Luke was going to kill him. So yeah. there's a bit where Kylo Ren goes, Luke went to kill me. And that's why I fought back. And then it turns out that's not true either. Luke thought about killing him and then chose not to. And then Kylo Ren woke up and saw him in his tent and went, oh, I'm G, and overreacted and tried to kill Luke. And it's like, essentially, if Luke's got... Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, Luke didn't try to kill him. Now, if Luke actually really had tried to kill him, then that would make some sense. But then even that's out of character. But then Luke makes the point, I, it was for a fleeting instinct, I thought about killing him, and it was the wrong thing to do, and all that stuff. So like, you know what? That's in character. That makes sense. But why did he run and hide? Out of shame? Like, seriously? That's it? It's not... It's not... That is not a great... He's been... How long away has he been gone? Uh, I can't remember. I don't know. 10, 15 years? I just, it just feels like... It feels like Luke Vanished is a really cool hook. And they didn't have a particularly great answer for it. The answer that they do have... Is okay. Yeah. In The Force Awakens. <laughs> it's not okay two years later, an hour and a half into the next film. Because all through that film, seriously, every time they cut to the island, apart from the jokes, the porg, the feather, part, you know, not the feather, the bit blade yeah, of grass, yeah, yeah. apart from the jokes and the fact that Mark Hamill being Luke Skywalker is just a joy to watch, right? <laughs> I mean, there were point, it would cut to that thing and I'm just like, why am I watching a Muppet's Christmas Carol? Like, seriously, those weird fish people are from Muppet's Christmas Carol. He's like Scrooge. Like, I, I was, there was a point in that film, just like, why am I watching? What is this? So every time they cut away from that, or they cut to Snoke, I'm just like, I can't, I can't keep up with this because it's so boring. This, the, 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 the adrenaline in this film has just been cut out because you're having to solve something that should have been solved the last film. There's no reason for it to be here. But... They did it well. Yeah. You know, Luke is great. I really enjoyed him in the film. Uh, the answer, inevitably, that Luke, in a moment of weakness, thought about killing Kylo Ren, and that was enough to make Kylo Ren go crazy. And, and Kylo Ren's like, the big problem was that he thought the future had been made. I liked all that, even though it feels out of character for me, because Luke's the whole point of Luke that made Luke so special was Luke was the one person who thought he could turn a Sith Lord good. Yeah. So the fact that he fell from 
doing that d- doesn't work. I, I feel like... It, it, anyway, it, it, we're going to get... So, we keep um, keep clanging up against this, but the problem is, like, there's this break in the franchise between Return of the Jedi and The Last Jedi, right? Which is just The Force Awakens doesn't fit. And when you try to connect The Last Jedi to the other three films, it just doesn't... We're going to get to that. Uh, it was the next thing other than the question of... Uh, okay, where, let's, let's do the lightsaber. Where, did, and then we'll where get does that. Luke's lightsaber... Okay, where's Luke's lightsaber? How did they get Luke's lightsaber is not explained. It was supposed to be a big mystery, right? Uh, was, Tying it suppo- to the- was it supposed yes. to be a big mystery because or was it a plot hole? It was a big mystery. It was a plot hole that they explained away by saying, don't worry, we've got the answers in the next one. And they didn't have the answers, so now it's just a plot hole. Right, it's just okay. a cheap trick. Yeah. Because that lightsaber, there's no earthly way anyone could have got that lightsaber and when they get it and Rey goes to touch it she has all this in this enormous force vision quest of the future and the past of Luke the Jedi temple burning everything yeah okay and so our minds immediately go okay and remember there's also the thing of the lightsaber chose you oh god yeah remember all that stuff and they just ignored it all because it doesn't you see this the thing the force awakens the more you think about it doesn't fit they had to kind of just go, we're going to take some of the stuff that that film tried to make sense with and try and pay off the biggest things that we can that will satisfy you enough and then move on because a lot of that stuff just doesn't work. Yeah. So that's why you remember when Luke throws the lightsaber behind him? <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. That's kind of like a signal. It doesn't matter where the lightsaber came from. Yeah. As soon as they do that, everyone just goes, the lightsaber doesn't matter. Yeah. The end of the Force Awakens, her handing the lightsaber to him, and it's like, dun, 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 dun. that whole thing of him just staring at the lightsaber, like, what's going on? He's like, yeah, he tosses it away. I'm like, that was funny, it was great, it was just, and that was a smart way to move past that. <laughs> but when you stop and you think about it, it's like, that's a bit offensive, that what J.J. Abrams did in setting up a mystery that he literally had no answer for. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Ryan Johnson did, I think, a great job. But this whole, like, yeah, this is a joke mystery. And it's just, oh, anyway, it's just lazy. Um, well, let's, the, let's get to really the heart of what we're talking about, which is setups and, and payoffs. Yeah, so, as I was saying, the, the, a lot of this film really works by itself. And then once you try and connect it with the other films, it, it, inconsistencies and problems kick up because... The Force Awakens just did things that didn't make sense, and they haven't really been properly done. And it, this is kind of just an inherent problem. It's kind of like uh, the prequels a bit. The prequels don't really fit like the other three, the original trilogy. They don't really fit in mm. correctly. You know, no one goes, "Yeah, man, Darth Vader makes a lot more sense now that we know he hates sand." <laughs> right? It's just it, all this stuff in the in the prequels that just like meh, they don't fit. And the one that does work, of course, is Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Rogue One didn't try and reinvent the wheel, didn't contradict anything that came before it or after it. It even has Bail Organa in it from the prequels. I mean, it just... By the it, way, we have now seen two great Star Wars movies in a row. Yeah, that's true. Rogue One was... <laughs> I loved Rogue One. Rogue One, for me, was just like, this is what you want from a Star Wars film that isn't from the original trilogy. Yeah. Which is, it just comes in and feels exactly like Star Wars. It fits the world, it, everything about it makes sense, and off we go, right? Yeah. And it does new things with it that we didn't see coming, and twists this, and great, 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 great. Last Jedi 
is kind of like I've got a whole mess that I've got to fix and then it's like I fixed it and now I have to hopefully make you want to see the one coming afterwards yeah and I was saying um, before I saw the film and now watching the film and I did this during the cinema remember when I turned to you and I went that's the end of The Force Awakens yes right if you watch Force Awakens and Last Jedi and in your head you cut out all the Star Killer stuff like literally just snip it out of the film right so the film opens on Jakku they come off Jakku Rey immediately finds Luke and that's when the First Order strikes and then the film is them running away from the First Order that should have been The Force Awakens yeah that would have worked and that allows you to then take out all the stuff that they had to try and fix now who's Rey's parents it's not a big question it's a question you're interested in but when you go she's nobody your mind rushes back the previous two hours and go of course she's nobody yeah right so when Snoke is going like I want Luke Skywalker I want Luke Skywalker it's like whoa he really wants Luke Skywalker doesn't he and Kylo's like that, and like Kylo kills Snoke it's like you don't have time to go but who's Snoke yeah because it doesn't matter he's dead moving on right and you don't you don't focus on the unimportant questions you focus on the important ones which is how are they going to get out of this and so on Kylo Ren goes from being a scary guy at the beginning of the film to becoming the new emperor yeah right if you take out the Starkiller stuff and all that stuff he goes from Darth Vader to emperor in one film yeah but better than the emperor because he's an emperor who can wield a lightsaber yeah Right? He just becomes this amazing character. Um, and then all these other characters, I mean, obviously there's certain things like, you you know, you can't probably have the Poe Dameron stuff, which, to be honest, now that I think about it, is a deal killer. So, I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because Poe Dameron is amazing. Uh, I want a Poe Dameron BB-8 franchise. <laughs> oh, boy. It's just yeah. the best. It was so good. BB-8, sorry, by the way, BB-8 we've not mentioned. We haven't mentioned BB-8. How BB-8 good BB-8 is. is probably the best thing in the movie. She's amazing. I've decided BB-8's a she, and I will not be corrected on this. <laughs> BB-8, I love her. And there's a bit in the film where BB-8 is trying to be secret, infiltrating the Star Destroyer in a box, and she just clashes into things. And it's just this amazing stuff. It's just great stuff. But then there's the evil BB-8, who can tell something's wrong. And I'm waiting there for the great BB-8 bake-off type thing, like the BB-8 elf. That's what I want. I want those two evil ones to fight. BB-8, come on. For a second, you did. I did, I did hear it right. You said the BB-8 bake-off. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. The BB-8-off, BB-8 versus BB-8. Oh, okay. Right, that's what you want, BB-8. And they fight. And then when BB-8 shows up in the in the ATST, piloting the ATST and blowing up everyone like there, and they, everyone's like, what? And right, and Fizz is just like, what? Yeah, yeah, this is amazing, right? I wanted the evil BB-8 to control another ATST and <laughs> dual off, right? There's anyone who's done role playing knows what's happened, right? The person playing BB-8 who has taken a significant amount of disadvantages in order to have a character that's that good at everything. Yeah, okay, you're good at everything, but you're a droid. So there's certain things you can't do as a droid. They go, can I pilot the ATST? No, but I'm a mech droid. So I can program it, right? So I, I guess, roll the dice. Oh, I critted it. Right, you, you can pilot an ATST. <laughs> and like, that's that's a bell that can't be unwrong. Now BB-8 can pilot ATATs. It's finished. You know, she can just go... She's amazing. BB-8's better than Poe. It's the best character in the franchise. R2-D2 
is old school. He's junk. <laughs> I do not care about R2. R2 was cool. BB-8 literally is the last Jedi. That's who the last Jedi really is. <laughs> BB-8. Okay, so the point was... BB-8's amazing. Yeah. But the point before that was... I don't know. Because um, <laughs> that... Oh, BB-8. Set up some payoffs it. like this. It's just in so cute. Them, just stick with it for it's a second. It's just so cute. Stop it. And Poe No. In and of themselves yes. are, are not a problem uh, if you have it within the same movie. But when you have to wait two years for a payoff, the, it's never going to be there is a th- There is a thing. The distance between the setup and the payoff yeah. sort of determines the nature of it. So, for example... It becomes an expectation. Yeah. Right? If the longer you delay a payoff, the more the audience expects it to pay off. And I mentioned this in the, in the podcast we did on The Force Awakens. Which is, if the audience, if a setup is invisible, this doesn't apply. Yeah. If the audience doesn't see the setup, okay, they don't care how long they have to wait for the payoff because they don't know there's one coming. That's the point of making a setup invisible, right? So no one is sitting there waiting for the explanation of who is Luke's dad. That's not an expectation. So it doesn't matter if you make them wait two films. Yeah. When you do reveal it, Part of the power comes from the fact that you didn't even ask the question and your mind rushes back, right? On the other hand, when you say, here's a setup, here's a question, which is what murder mystery writers do all the time, the longer you make the audience wait, the greater the payoff has to be. Mm. It's as simple as that. Because the longer you wait, the more the audience will look forward and the more they will start looking for clues. Mm. And if they don't find them, they'll walk away disappointed and if it's not worth their time, they'll walk away disappointed. The best, most powerful setup reveals... I mean, th- it, there, is a, there is a moment in this film where there's two. One moment is when Kylo Ren goes, I didn't attack Luke. Luke attacked me. And then the other one is, who are your parents? They were nobody. Mm. Right? Those are the two big reveal moments in the film, basically. Mm. Both of them... Neither one of them is nearly as powerful as I am your father, mm. right? And part of the reason that neither one of them is as powerful is because you've been sitting there waiting for two years for the answer to that question, right? Because there was no attempt to answer it in the beginning. And so everyone came up with their own answers. And it's like, you have to give us an answer that's worth our time. And in both cases, the answer was what we already knew. And the other answer was, there is no answer. Mm. Right? They didn't. They, she's not Mace Windows' kid. She's not Obi Wan's kid. She's no one's kid. Literally a nobody. There's no answer to this question, right? And while they are good, they are not two years franchise building answers. They just aren't. But within one movie, within one movie, that would have been brilliant. Yeah, been totally fine. It would have been a great revelation for both those characters, and it would have been just enough. But uh, because it would have paid off what you'd seen in the film. But by making audience... I mean, seriously, I saw... I don't know how many videos about the theory of who are Ray's parents. Who is Snoke? Why did Luke run away? So many of these videos I've seen and so many different theories I've seen. Every time I just sat there, I'm like, they don't have an answer for you. There's no actual real answer for this question. And the thing is, the point I want to make is... The... Is sending... Telling people, here's my setup... Is, is unless I mean, it's just so 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 
amateurish. That's not what proper writers do. Proper writers don't come up with a brilliant revelation and then tell everyone it's coming. Yeah. You hide it. You hide it in plain sight and then the audience got flashes back and go, oh, he's Darth Vader's son. Oh, he's this. Oh. Whenever you think of the great revelations of any genre, murder mystery has to do it as a, as a, as a thing, right? But any, any, um, anything like that, the rush of insight, you didn't even know you were asking the question. Mm. And when they do say, you know, like it, it might, you know, I love murder mysteries. When you watch murder mystery, who done it? You ask the question, who done it? Who done it? And you're looking for the clues. But then the brilliance of the the, the great ones is when you realize who done it is you you've seen all the clues and then they go, but here's here's they do the big switch of lumber and you go, I was asking the wrong question. Mm. I, I focused on the wrong clues. I couldn't put them together in that way. Like uh, we should actually, I should make you watch this so we can do a podcast on it. The, my favorite Poirot, the ABC Murders, has right, yeah. a brilliant one like this, right? And it's just, but with with JJ Abrams going like, here's this question, here's this question, here's this question, no answer, no answer, no answer, no answer. There's no clues. It's not asking a question isn't a clue. Do you know what I mean? So he set something up, gave no clues as to the answer. And Ryan Johnson is like, well, I have to answer it. And I'm sure when J.J. Abrams made The Force Awakens, these answers were written down somewhere. But they ha- you know, they, they don't count for anything until they're actually on the screen. Yeah. Right. So who knows what options they had available. Ryan Johnson, I'm guessing, from the options that were available, picked these ones. Well, clearly there's no answer to the Snoke question. No, there Otherwise, isn't. Otherwise they would have given it to There isn't one. So it's, it's one of those things. I mean, I, I heard the idea that the Ray was actually the real chosen one. And that Darth Vader, because Darth Vader didn't bring balance to the Force, because it was heavily in the side of the light, and then he drew it down to the dark side. Yeah. So Ray's the real one who's going to bring balance and all that stuff. I'm like, they're not going to go to the prequels to explain something. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's certain like logistical things that aren't even addressable. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where I, 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 I just kind of, I, you know, I, I keep harping on about it, but I'm just trying to explain like the amount of damage that kind of thinking has done. And the reason I want to point that out is because with the advent of long-form television and how it's infesting cinema, people keep thinking... I mean, I keep seeing all these videos on YouTube about how you set things up, and it's like, yeah, you don't get it. You just don't get it. How do you do something like uh, like Luke, I am your father? You have to sit down and you have to ha- be in, have a level of integrity, which is you have to find a payoff and setups that no one else has seen. You can't just openly say, here's a setup, and then later on go, and here's the payoff, and think that works. There's no rush of insight there. The best rush of, rush of insight, they, when you go Kylo was attacked by Luke, you have a little rush of insight. Yo. Because when, when he first says it, you go, that, nah, he's got to be thinking. That's, no, Luke didn't attack Kylo. That can't be right. That's not in character. Then Luke goes, there was a moment where I thought about it and then I stopped and I said, okay. What, and you, what insight do you get? You go, what, hold on a minute. Luke is really overly overdoing the guilt. You know? He's really overdoing the guilt. Like, he, he feels bad because he didn't kill someone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He didn't even try. Right? He's kind of overdoing the guilt. When Ray goes, my parents were nobody, you get huge insight into her character. Hmm. And that I thought was great. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but um, and I thought that worked really well. But, and I thought, and it works well in The Last Jedi. But it's just one of those things where it's just like, 
I, I'm kind of enjoying it because in my head, The Force Awakens, I, I kind of want to get rid of The Force Awakens from my head. Like, I don't want it to be in my mind, and I can't every time I keep rushing. It's like, I remember watching um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and you're watching a sequence in it, and like, this is really cool, and then something stupid would happen. Like, there's the swashbuckling on jeeps in a jungle, like, that's pretty cool, and then suddenly tree stumps start hitting Sheer LaBeouf in the groin, and you go, what, why? Why have you done that? And you, there's no part of the film you can sit back and enjoy, because every time they go to do something cool, something stupid comes in. And in Last Jedi... Every time for me, it's like, this is getting really cool. And then I'm reminded, like, oh, yeah, but The Force Awakens did this. I'm like, oh. You know what I mean? It just collides in there. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I I pushed past that. I thought it was so exciting and so enjoyable. There was so, so much stuff of it was great. Yeah. As I say, like, you can see all the focus is on the specific point that they had to address because of The Force Awakens. All the stuff that was generated for this film, it's all great. Yeah, it's all great. The running away from the fleet is brilliant. The Holdo Poe Dameron stuff yeah. is super. I love Admiral Holdo. The um, she was amazing. There's moments towards the end of the movie, uh, which which ending? Uh, I can't I can't remember which yeah. particular kind of set of sequences. But there, there's a bit where it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Yes, and then it, it like it really does build. Yeah, it, it gets worse and worse and worse. You're quite right. Because just when you think they've gotten away, then Benicio Del Toro t- t- tells, them, on them, tells yeah. them about the transports. And you go, uh... And then they stop bombing the transports. Yeah. And you go like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, hold on. In fact, that's... <laughs> You're going to kill everyone again? We'd, we'd come out of the cinema and I, I said I noticed Bass making noises that I just did not expect him to make during the movie. Like ones of genuine yeah. surprise and delight and yes. enjoyment. And you gasped. When they started bombing yeah. those transports you're like oh geez like they're yeah. done they're yeah. done they're done I, I was like how are you going to get out of this like yeah. seriously what, and there you go. what's the way out and I'm like that's I, so yeah we, we should do another podcast on all the great things but um, <laughs> but th- this was I thought that was I thought that was wonderful like I and partly because they killed Leia off at the beginning yeah when they do that I mean it was a bit cheap that she can do the force thing which we'll go through in a second but once they did that, you had this sense of... And Han Solo's dead from the first film. And you're going, okay, okay, hold on. Who can actually... Who's going to get through this? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Who, are they all going to die or not? And I was watching it. And I'm just thinking, like, they might kill everyone now. Like, this might actually happen. Seen them do it before. It might happen. Um, um, so I, I, I mean, I know I'm, I'm ragging. On, let's. I'm, I, the the point I want to make with like, every time I rag on the Force Awakens, and the, the point I'm trying to make here is the amount of effort this film had to make to patch problems in a film that a lot of people think is it was okay, and I'm like, it wasn't okay. It was actively disastrous. It, the fact that it played on nostalgia to get an audience and to make people go, yeah, I feel like Star Wars again. To me, it's just like. Fine. If you want to enjoy it, enjoy it. Whatever. Do what you want. But if you're a writer, and I just kind of need to make it clear, like how damaging the mindset that made the film is. It's not so much specific choices. It's the thinking of that mystery box type of thinking is so utterly disastrous. And as I, I don't think I said this on mic, but I said it off mic. How, how foolish do you have to be to make a film, a Star Wars film that ends on a literal cliffhanger? Because your next film needs to have a crawl. 
You yeah. can't have a crawl. We both of us were like the crawl is boring. The crawl is boring. You can't. He made. The, he. I mean, the the choices of Force Awakens were so bad. You made the Star Wars crawl, the most iconic thing about Star Wars, not work. Do you know what I mean? So then we've got uh, nostalgia because you made you, Force yeah. Awakens had member berries. Yes, it did. Member, 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 member the Jester, member the Jester. Yeah, member berries. This is good nostalgia. This is good nostalgia. because this is actually the Empire Strikes Back. This film, mm. uh, it really is. It's got the big revelations. Uh, it's also got Return of the Jedi. Yeah, there are bits of Jedi. Right, the Kylo stuff ends very Return of the Jedi. Jedi. It opens with them running away from the Empire. It, they spend most of the film on the run, which is exactly the same as The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Rey is on a planet um, learning from a Jedi Master. I mean, Yoda is even in this film. Yeah. Right? So y- you've got all all that stuff. However. It's good nostalgia. Because? Because. Take a look at Benicio Del Toro's character, who I loved. I love Benicio Del Toro's character. He's so good. But he's Lando. The tick he gave the character, by the way. Right. I, I'm convinced that Benicio Del Toro is actively trying to destroy his career. And he can't <laughs> do it. Because he... Remember the collector in Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, I'm in a sci-fi film, eh? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be weird about it. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. You know the usual suspects? Yeah. That's not how he speaks, right? Yeah. That's not how he speaks. And he didn't tell anyone. And he went up to Brian Singer the day they started shooting and was like, I've, I've made some odd choices. And he goes, okay. And he stuck by that. In the film, Usual Suspects, whenever someone asks his character, what did you just say? It's because they actually don't know what he just said. <laughs> okay. And then he has to repeat the line. And everyone in the cast going, went, okay, Fenster's just this way. Okay, fine. And they went with it. But Del Toro is just this guy who shows up and does a weird thing when he wants to, if he's in the mood. And it's just like, so for this, he's like, I'm going to give him a stutter and a weird tick and nothing anyone can do can stop me. And he's just like, and how did you pull that off? I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm Benicio Del Toro and I can do what I want. Which is great. But he's, he's, he's Lando. But he's Lando. They meet him, right? He's like, yeah, I can help you out. I betrayed you. He even, I mean, he basically even has the line, you know, um, they got here before you did. You know, I cut a better deal, right? But he's good nostalgia. Yeah. Not bad nostalgia. He's not a mad lib. It's not they meet a guy and he does a thing like that. His motivations for doing things are different to Lando. He's a different, not every character who betrays them. I just want to address Phasma quickly. Is it Phasma? Oh, Captain Phasma's amazing. Right. Captain Phasma is more amazing than she was in the first one, but she could have been better in this one. How could she have been better? I will tell you exactly how she could have been better. Because when we did the Force Awakens podcast, I said, here's how they could have made her better. It's her that fights Finn. They clearly heard you, by the way. They right. clearly heard you. <laughs> so she fights Finn in this one yeah. and is badass. And yes. Yeah, it's brilliant. But here's how you make her better. Benicio Del, Del Toro cuts the deal with them. Phasma shoots him. Done. Yeah, traitor. Yeah. It's like, you're a traitor too. Everyone's a traitor. Yeah. I hate traitors. Yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. I hope she lived. I love the idea that every film she falls into a pit of fire and comes back the next one. <laughs> like somehow she's still alive. <laughs> because like... How did the planet she was on got blown up last film? Oh, God. Wait. Oh, yeah. Remember? She was on the base when it went. How did she survive? No one cares. Because everyone went, Phasma got a bad rap. 
right? <laughs> because you put her on toys, you put her on everything. She looked amazing. She's Gwendolyn Christie. We all love her. She's amazing. Why is a random stormtrooper with a mace more exciting than her? Right. She did nothing the whole film. So they went, okay, we'll bring her back because everyone wants her back. Like, okay, fine, bring her back. She comes back. She does the scene. She basically has the exact same scene The Force Awakens yeah. did, but this time it's done properly. And like, yeah. well, hey, thanks, she gave us what she wanted. Now she's dead again. It's like, okay, she might come back. <laughs> but like, she was great. And so, good. No- the thing is, like, what Abrams did with Force Awakens was it was this mad lib of just, we're just going to do Star Wars again. Hmm. We're going to do A New Hope all over again, beat by beat, Starkiller, all this stuff. But in this one, that's not the case. In this one, they've changed things around. First of all, Yoda and Luke both don't want to train their apprentices, right? Mm. But the motivations behind it are very, very different. Luke is this very important legendary person who needs to be trained. And Yoda's like, he's too old. Uh, I'm going to try it. And he, you know, he's trying to break him down and make him make him this thing. Luke, on the other hand, is like, there's no point to any of this. I'm the terrible teacher. Mm. You see what I mean? There's a big difference between the two of them. So, like, Luke doesn't want to train her because he thinks he's a bad teacher. Yoda thought she was a bad student. Right? That's different. It's it's similar, but different. And as I pointed, as I was saying, the analogy is it's variations on a theme in music. Yeah. Right? It's the same theme, but you play it in a minor key or a major key. You slightly change... I'm running out of terminology. <laughs> but you, you you change it in some way yeah. so that it's different, but it's the same, right? Mm. That's what they did with this. This is... That's great. I thought that was fine. This is an Empire Con. It's essentially the same film. Mm. Totally fine with it because they did it the right way you want to do that. It evokes a sense without copying. And also, Ryan Johnson plays on constantly uh yeah throughout the film plays on the fact that you are expecting empire yeah um to the point where where bass and i actually had our heads in our hands oh yeah a couple of times a couple of times but there was one when when it cuts to ray for the first time on uh on craggy island (laughs) it Um, is craggy island (laughs) (laughs) and she looks into the water and there's uh an x-wing yes there and so your your mind rushes forward to the scene where she lifts it out of the water yep. and you're like, ah, and no. she doesn't. And she never does. And in fact, what's even better about that is at the end when Luke shows up on the pseudo Hoth planet yeah. um, and he and he steps out in front of it, you think, how did he get there? Well, he got there in the X-Wing. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. But it, of course he didn't. He just force projected himself there. But you think he got there in an X-Wing, yeah. which is really cool. Um, and when Poe goes, how did he get in here? And you go, wait, that is a point. They did make Oh, I thought that as soon as he arrived. I yeah, was like, like how, how, did, how did he get, how did in, he get in there? And then the, that's a great answer. He never did. Yeah. Right? It's like, okay, that, that works fine. They, they answered that really well. So, um, in fact, we should talk about that in a minute. We'll go the force projection thing because that's a really good example of setup payoff. Okay. Um, so, uh, but the... the um, that, that, that element of just nostalgia, he, he would reference something and then twist it in a different way. Um, the uh, And as a result, it evokes certain themes. It evokes themes, right? But it doesn't just copy them. Yeah. And that's why it was very different kind of nostalgia, and that worked very nicely. Let's get on to the Deus Ex, okay. and, we'll, and it, we'll, we'll start to round things up okay. afterwards. But... Yeah, the Deus Ex marking <laughs> a problem. There's a problem with the film 
which is the Force seems to be able to do almost anything now, and people can just do things with the Force that was really hard to do beforehand. And the problem is this. When the Emperor shows up in in Return of the Jedi and can summon lightning from his hands, okay, that is not the same thing as Rey being able to lift all the blocks and free everyone, or Luke to Force project himself into a battle. Hmm. and distract everyone because the lightning isn't a mechanism of using the force to get out of the film to end the film right yeah to get out of a situation it's just a power it's a power someone has that it's not very you know it's not set up that he has lightning power or anything like that but it's it fits the character it fits fine but it gets them in more danger but when you decide to use magic powers to get someone out of danger, that's when you bridge into Deus Ex Machina territory. Okay? So, there's a couple of problems. Uh, one problem is, for example, um, Ray being able to lift all those rocks. Okay? Um, when she lifts all the rocks like that, it's it's a problem because that's they've gone out of this situation because Ray can suddenly do incredible feats of force power, which we've been told beforehand you have to train to do. And in The Force Awakens, out of the blue, she could suddenly develop the ability to do lightsabers and stuff, right? And that's how they got out of the situation. Do you see what I'm saying? If, if she... When she has, like, certain abilities, like, she it turned out she was just really good at making the ship run. Mm. That wasn't a problem because it's not them getting out of the film so much. I mean, it was a bit cheap, but it wasn't the climax of the film. Okay? It's still early on in the film. Deus Ex Machina, you're, the, the definition of it is, it's, is good. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's, so, it's an ending that erodes meaning. It's a turning point that has no And it's meaning. the meaning that's key, though. It, yeah, it erodes it, right? Yeah. So, uh, and you, with fantasy, when you have characters that have magical or supernatural or technological powers you have a problem which is you have to be able to say they can't do everything because otherwise whenever a problem comes along you can go hey hey i set it up that they have force power so income the force powers and it saves everyone it's like this is cheap and meaningless because you just you can do whatever you want right the um the uh, jurassic park is a really good example because the the um uh, there's a um, an editor that I, um, so a story editor that I really respect, but mm. his opinion on Jurassic Park um, is that it's not a Deus Ex Machina because the dinosaurs are set up, the T Rex right. is set up. That doesn't doesn't work as, because, but it doesn't work because it's still it's a Deus Ex Machina. Just, it frees the characters. Yeah, because Deus Ex Machina meaning. doesn't mean it's not set up. No, because they always set up Deus Ex Machina. Even in ancient Greece, the gods would come down and they were set up. People have said by Apollo. Yeah. He's gonna light up your ass, and then yeah. he comes out with that setup. It's not that's not how that works. So, for example, in this film, they set up very nicely that Luke can force project. Yeah. Uh, they don't set up, however, at all that Leia can survive space. Yeah, that's like out of the blue. That was that. I thought that was. I mean, like if you're gonna kill a killer, if you're not gonna kill her, don't kill her. It, it, it was, but the fact that they did it at all made us think maybe they might kill people later. So I get why they did it. But her ability to suddenly kind of force survive. It's funny with was the, it's funny with the thing. Weird. I I I think the film is fine without her from that point. I actually don't know why they didn't kill her at that at that moment. They well, I guess they didn't want to. And also, oh, it's, I, it's, I it's under, nice. It's nice when that. she comes back. 
Yeah. The, I, 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 it's a weird... Anyway, I mean, it's a weird one. But the thing with Luke, when, when Kylo Ren strikes at Luke and then you realise Luke isn't there, that he's like a ghost or something, yeah. I thought like the first volley of fire killed him. And that was the ghosts he was fighting with after that. Like, he'd done the Obi-Wan thing. No, because the ghosts are blue, aren't they? They are. I thought that's a bit cheap, but I might go with it. Yeah. When he was like, oh, what's going on? Then it cuts to Luke on the island and he's force projected. I'm like, and you rush back. And what do you remember? You remember that Snoke bridged the minds of Kylo Ren and Rey. And you remember as well that uh, Kylo Ren said, you can't be doing this. Someone else has to be doing this. And it would, if it was you, you'd be, you know, dying trying to do this. And so when you go, oh, Luke... Can, yeah, Luke's powerful enough that he can do this from that distance. And what did it do? It killed him. You're like, yep, that's okay. This fits. And that's a really nice setup payoff, right? Yeah. That worked really well. That wasn't a deus ex machina. They set that up. The only problem comes when you try to fit it into the rest of Star Wars because then you go, hold on. Are you seriously telling me Yoda couldn't do this? Yeah. Obi-Wan couldn't do this? How come no one... Is, I mean, essentially, it's the Jedi mind trick. Yeah. That's what he did, right? He did the Jedi mind trick at a ridiculous scale from several planets away. Okay. And it cost him his life. In this film, they set that up. But the problem is, is like, we've had three films already that have very clearly stated what Jedi masters can do. Yeah. This is a bit much when you've tried to put it into the rest of the world. And that's when it becomes an issue. And that's when it starts to take on these... Like, as the film by itself, I remember I went, oh, that's great, that's a lovely setup. Yeah. But as soon as I start trying to tie it into the other three films, that's when I go, wait, no, no, that's too much. Yeah. Right? And when Ray can force pull everything, again, it's the same thing. In the film, it's okay, but outside of the film, when you put it with the rest of the films, it doesn't fit. Because you're changing the rules of how this thing works. And the problem is, as soon as you start really messing around with it, to get out of your story. Again, to get out. Yeah. This is the key point. They are more than welcome to invent new powers, new things, all this kind of, That's totally fine. You you can't say you can never introduce something new. But you can't introduce something new to get out of the film. Yeah. That's when it becomes really cheap. And so while I think I liked the last Jedi ending, I thought that worked quite well. And Ray's thing wasn't terrible by itself. Uh, I thought it was worse than The Force Awakens. And oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think, like, it, that's the kind of reaction that I think people are having, which is just this sense of, like, it feels a bit cheap that people can now do this. And it's like, it is here's a the little. Difference, here's the difference for me as well, why it didn't even it didn't even register, mm. um, either of these being an issue. Um, I bought it in The Last Jedi. The reason I didn't buy it in Force Awakens is because it had the rules to contend with. Um, yeah, and because Jedi have to be trained, like how yeah. could anybody do any yeah. of that? Like I remember, I explained to you why Finn could use a lightsaber it's because he's part of the First Order. He's trained as a soldier, right? He knows how to use a sword. Yeah, yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, but in this movie, Ray has had some training. Yeah, and you also know with the Force projection, like it's set up, and he's a master. Yep. Like, he is the last Jedi. Yep. Despite what you say about BB-8. That's true. And um, and also... And, and uh, so so those two moments, certainly within the movie, I, I bite. I agree. Uh, I thought you did have a good point about how easy she does find it to yeah. to move the body. They could have but, made it a little more effortful. Yeah, do you but, know? but at that point, we're nitpicking, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one... And again, it's one of those things where it's because of something in another film 
Yeah. As opposed to this film. Yeah. Uh, even with the case of Luke, right? It's what's in the original trilogy that's become the problem. Because right. we should have seen someone develop this kind of power, use this power, yeah. and no one had. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. I mean, it's not... Uh, it's, it's one of those things where it's probably... It's okay. I mean, the thing is, it's not as satisfying as, say, the... Ray Kylo versus Snoke fight. It's just not satisfying as that. Oh yeah, it's not satisfying as the run on the cannon that Poe and Finn and Rose do, His which was really great. Yeah, geez. although how did Ray get on the Millennium Falcon? No idea. Shush. Uh, I think there's a deleted scene. <laughs> there probably is. hundred percent because we both looked at. I, I was like, wait, I and I brushed past it because I was having so much fun at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, all of a sudden. Could, because you don't see her escape, no. so she's gone from unconscious to on the Millennium Falcon, yeah. and it's 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 a bit too much of a leap. Yeah, um, it was. I think you need that bridge. But anyway, um, but it was, there I was mean, a moment. Mm. There was a moment where I thought they were going to do a really big retroactive. Um, yeah. uh, I thought there was going to be an enormous rush of insight until you start to think about it too much. And you're like, no, this is going to cause massive problems. But yeah. in the ghost bit, when when uh, when he goes to um, stab him. Yes. And he's not there. He's a yeah. ghost. I thought he was going to disappear and his clothes would fall to the ground. And I thought, holy shit, Obi Wan's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> In Star Wars, I thought. He can astral project. Of course. It's Obi-Wan. That would he be, never died that, in the first place. That would be quite cool. <laughs> but there's a problem with, like, no Jedi ever died. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, no Jedi dying and ghosts, uh, another Deus Ex Machina. Uh, ghosts can summon lightning? Shh. That, I thought, was like, you've gone too far. Yeah. Also, why can we get Ewan McGregor? as ghost Obi-Wan. <laughs> I'd have loved that. I yeah. really love that way more than Ghost Yoda. Ghost Obi-Wan going, well, Luke... I mean, come on, Ewan McGregor would have been up for that scene. Yeah. There's no way he would have said no. <laughs> right? That would have been really cool. But I thought that was a bit much, that Yoda could summon lightning for Luke. I'm yeah. like, that's... Come on, guys. But anyway, uh, but these these are little nitpicky Otherwise, things. Otherwise, why don't all the Ghost Jedi fight? And yeah, don't, I, don't pull at the thread fast. Don't pull at that thread. Yeah, or even take your member berry. Make take your member berry. But the thing is, like, okay, I'm, it's not fair to like it wasn't perfect for this for that for this because actually it was it was a huge amount of fun the film. Yeah. Particularly as I say, the the main thrust of the film, which was the also 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 it was that the whole point of this podcast isn't here's a lot here's problems with The Last Jedi said at the top end of it yeah. The Last Jedi is fantastic fun and I'm going and here's the thing I haven't seen Force Awakens since the cinema no. same as you no. I will watch Last Jedi again oh, I will enjoy it I again. would totally do yeah. Oh, yeah, I would totally watch it again and that's the massive and difference actually there's, there's, a, there's a thing I wanted to ask you about because we were going to talk about this which was uh, Kylo Ren being the big bad now yeah, and you're I'm okay it. with that. I'm okay with it. Yeah, and I'm 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 oh, kind of not about that turning point. Mm. Yeah, because after after he fights Snoke, kills Snoke, they kill the things. Kylo Ren turns to Rey and he says, "Together we can end this destructive conflict." And he copies the lines from Empire. He does the Vader thing, and she goes, "Don't Here, go down this road." Here's why I buy it. Go on. because I think he's hit uh, the negation of the negation, which is he's convinced himself that he's doing good. Yeah. That's that's why I buy it because yeah. uh, because I 
because when 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 I when I thought like that when when he was saying no we can actually mm. do it we we can yeah. restore order like there'll be peace I'm like oh geez no you've actually got into the psychology of an evil character here you you like, get a I, sense that he's more earnest than Vader yeah right right Vader you you never kind of he goes we you you get it was kind of a party line yeah. but with Kylo you're like no he's genuinely yeah. thinking he's the good guy now yes. Exactly, because he's killed the bad guy, Snoke. So he's when, the good guy, right? And when I where, Luke's the bad guy, Snoke's the bad guy. I'm the yeah. good guy. The past is all bad. The Jedi are bad. The Sith are bad. Everyone's bad. Yeah. The rebels are bad. Oh, the Empire's bad. Out. We start all over again. The two of us. And if you're with me, I can't be all bad, right? Because you're the good guy. And you kind of go, yeah. Uh, so yeah, when, you're right. When I, yeah, when when I, when I felt that when he hit the turning point, it didn't feel out of character because I suddenly thought well that's almost like that motivation has been there for- no you're right uh, it, I felt it was regressive because when he said in the destructive conflict I was like he's already he's literally said let's do away with the entire past and start all over again right okay. and I'm like that he's just regressing back to Vader but that's a superficial word choice you can easily change that you can cut that the motivation stuff you're talking about is exactly what I was feeling, and you're absolutely right. That yeah. is, that's it. If if they keep that for sense of, for, yeah, that's a good Kylo Ren. Yep. If they keep Isn't the, it? I'm going to copy Vader again. That's the bad Kylo Ren. Yeah. Right. And if you think about it, that was the problem with him in the Force Awakens when he wasn't copying Vader. Amazing. His, when he was copying Vader, boring as hell. Here's Ryan Johnson flexing his muscles and saying screw it I'm going to make a better movie than Force Awakens first time you see Luke throws a lightsaber over his shoulder first time you see Kylo Ren smashes his helmet into tiny he little pieces although I like the helmet but yeah, yeah he does smash I them. liked the helmet but I was glad yeah <laughs> I, I don't miss the helmet I don't miss it either there was no reason to keep that was another mystery yeah. who's, who's Kylo Ren He's Ben Solo. They mention it like within 20 minutes. That's a bit of a letdown based on all the marketing campaign. You know, it's like, why have you even changed his name? It's not even a secret. Right. Why did you do that? Why? Why? Mystery, 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 mystery. I forget it. Anyway, so, but yeah, you're quite right. It is, there's this whole sense of, there is this sort of invigoration of this film, which is just like, we're casting aside everything from... Just, there's a part a of me that thinks, yeah. Nine, then there's basically. a part of me that thinks like if Episode Seven had had that Force projection ending, you wouldn't have. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't have felt like it was such a huge violation. Yeah. Because one of the things about Luke is Luke is supposed to be a super powerful Jedi Master. Yeah. Everyone's always presumed he's going to become more powerful than Vader, more powerful than the Emperor. So the fact that he can do something like that doesn't seem problematic until you also factor in well he hasn't been training for 20 years right do you see what I mean he shut himself off from the force exactly it's like well now he can do this do you see what I mean it's like he's suddenly powerful enough to do stuff when the plot needs him to that's when it feels a bit cheap yeah and but it's not <laughs> it just it, it's it, there's little things within the context of the franchise it yeah. is within the context of the last jedi it's fine exactly it's i agree and it's i thought great. and i think the last jedi did a really good job just in general i actually and, i want to watch it again yeah there's so many wonderful characters in it uh, i, I love I, seriously poe dameron is amazing he's better than han you know ryan finn John- was amazing ryan johnson did the the but like he he did such a good job with Poe. Had the big damn hero pilot thing at the beginning. And then virtually the whole of the rest of the movie, Poe doesn't really go anywhere. He blows his ship up. 
Poe. He does. He blows the ship up. Yeah, yeah. Kylo Ren blows the ship up straight away. You're like, uh, Poe can't even do his thing now. Yeah. And also, I loved his Poe has this big damn hero moment. You have this whole fantastic thing, and then straight away they go, yeah, and you were wrong. Yeah. Time for you to grow up and become a real leader. So that works brilliantly. Finn was post, excellent. Post story is excellent. And, His arc is yeah, fantastic. and Finn was great. Finn, Finn was, was great. really great. I loved Rose. I, and I loved their relationship. By the way. Their little relationship was so good. Rose and her sister, yes. the um, with the little medallions yeah. they have, was that an intentional callback to um, the characters they had in um, Rogue One? I am the force. The force is with me. What do you mean? Do they have a little pendant? The little pendant. The little, the little um, like teardrop yeah. uh, pendants they had. Yeah. It just I I can't. Did remember. they have? Did, did those two guys have it in the Rogue One? Oh no, they didn't. But it was that. Um, it, didn't they have some kind of um, like iconology of some some description? I, I don't know. I can't remember. No, I can't remember either. But I just I I'm not sure. But she, they were great. They were fantastic. And I loved that uh, Benicia. They. Uh, Benicia Lotoro going. I need something before I can help you and she gives him the pendant yeah. and we think okay that's the bribe but then yeah. he uses it to break in and he goes and he gives it back to her Yeah. and you go that's brilliant and then of course he betrays them and you go that's brilliant <laughs> and <laughs> he was so such here's a wonderful why, interesting character here's, and the here's why I thought it was a callback by the way because um, uh, because the scene where Rosa's sister is kicking at the stairs to try and get the yeah. button to if force, had the force is a reversal of Luke dangling uh, in the ice lair at the beginning of um, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh-huh. Um, oh yeah, it's good nostalgia yeah. again. It's, it's, it's kind a of good. I think that's. I, th- I don't know if that's intentional, but I don't think so. Ryan Johnson is smart enough. You say that, but Ryan Johnson shot the episode of Breaking Bad. Uh, spoilers for Breaking Bad. The episode <laughs> of Breaking Bad where he sh- where Hank gets killed. Yeah. And when that happens, Walt drops to the floor with his head on the side. Yeah. And everyone, oh, exactly like Gus did when Gus's friend died in the past. And <laughs> literally on Twitter, you can see this one John go, I didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> I guess there's only a certain number of ways you can shoot that emotion. <laughs> right? like, he genuinely didn't pick up on it, didn't Brilliant. see it. So it's possible that that's not intentional. Well, the reason I thought it was intentional is because I thought, oh, that's like it Rogue did One feel characters. familiar. I will, I, I, yeah. it did feel somewhat familiar. Yeah. But I guess yeah, it's that reaching thing. It's very it, that's iconography. Like anyone, any film anywhere ever reaches, you kind of just go. But to have it in the same true. time, I love in that. the movie is it? Yeah, and I love the casino. I love BB-8 being filled with coins, <laughs> and then using the coins to break them out of jail. That's was one of the best super. things we've ever seen. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, very quickly, uh, just recap what what can we learn? I think the setups and payoffs really. I think where, I think yeah. Is. I think what we what you should learn is setting something up doesn't mean you haven't your payoff isn't a Deus Ex Machina. That's the first thing. Okay, a Deus Ex Machina erodes meaning. Okay, it doesn't matter how much you set it up. It, if it doesn't have meaning, if it's just it comes in and saves everyone, what's work? You can't promise meaning to come out of it because yeah. we're talking about Deus Ex Machina applies to climax. Yeah. It doesn't apply to the beginning of a story. It's not Deus Ex Machina at the beginning because at the beginning or halfway through, you're still building your story. So you're, the audience is already being given a promissory note that any coincidence that comes will have meaning later. Mm. Meaning will come out of this by the climax. It's when at climax, 
you have some your payoff is meaningless. That's a Deus Ex Machina, even if you set it up. So don't think that because you're setting something up, it can't be a Deus Ex Machina. It will be. Secondly, if you're going to set something up, the payoff has to be worth it. The payoff's worth is proportionate to the length of time and the amount you set up, the amount of emphasis. So time and emphasis basically determine the import, the level of the payoff necessary. Think of it that way, right? If you don't emphasize it, you don't need to have a big payoff. If you don't make them wait a long time, you don't need to have a big payoff. So if you have a payoff, like a revelation or something in mind that you're building towards, and it's not big, don't emphasize it, don't bring it up, and don't make the audience wait for it. See, if they don't know you've brought... You see, if you if they don't know, if you don't emphasize it, then they're not waiting. Yeah. See how it works both ways. If you make them wait, it means you've emphasized it. And if that's the case, it's got to be worth it. And if it isn't, it's your own fault. Yeah. And uh, and I tell you this now, any hack can just confuse the audience by with lazy, mad lib writing and throwing coincidences at the audience and saying it's all tied together. Comic books have been doing that my whole life. Okay, TV has been doing it my whole life. It's it is the number one go to for amateur writing, and it shouldn't be anywhere near <laughs> the world of Star Wars. And Ryan Johnson and whoever else was involved with Last Jedi did a really good job in in uh, paying off. Uh, a film that was, in my opinion, when we watched it, and as I said in the podcast, is a mess of very ill-conceived setups. An amazing job. Very good. Last job. Jedi was great. Yeah, lots really, of fun. Really, really lots great. of fun. Yeah, cool. Okay, done. Yeah. Pog. 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 Pog